Back to the One Two Kentucky Blue Podcast. I'm your host, Coach John Spurlock. Thank you so much for tuning in today. On today's episode, I'm continuing my trend of bringing on former Kentucky strength and conditioning coaches to the podcast. Today, I got Justin McKenna, who is an assistant strength and conditioning coach at Georgia Southern. McKenna and I talked through his time at UK and just how much he has grown as a strength and conditioning coach as the years have gone on. Like always, I hope you enjoy our conversation. Awesome, man. Well, let's kick this off. Let's have you talk through your current position, your title, teams you work with, and that's where we'll start. Sure. Yeah, so uh, my name is Justin McKenna. I'm an assistant strength and conditioning coach here at Georgia Southern. Uh, Responsibilities here include women's basketball, women's tennis, and I assist men's basketball. Actually, was uh, added a uh, added baseball to my list for this summer. I've been covering, oh, really? the, uh, yeah, I've been covering the freshmen and some of our newcomers group, which is about twelve guys. So, adding that to my uh, adding that to my slate's been good, keeping me busy, keeping me sharp. So uh, that's been that's been fun. So, is that uh, the baseball thing? Obviously, temporary. But it, are you guys looking to hire a baseball strength coach, or is this just some sort of um, opportunity for you to work with baseball? Uh, no, we're in the process now of hiring a candidate, um, hopefully soon. Yeah. Uh, right now it's just, right now it's just been, you know, just for the summer filling in, making sure we got someone, we actually had uh, another former Kentucky guy, Mendoza, Jake Mendoza, who's been doing a great job, uh, this past spring, but he graduated and moved on the pit. So I'm just kind of picking up the slack until we get a full-time guy in here. You know, what's funny is, um, so you knew Brenda McDonald when you were at Kentucky. So she's at Pitt. Yep. Now Mendoza's mm-hmm. at Pitt. So her and I were texting the other morning back and forth. And she just threw that last sentence she threw in there and goes, hey, just so you know, Mendoza's doing great. I'm like, yeah, we had no idea. We Everybody knows Mendoza is going to do great things. But great He's going to work his butt off, that's for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that was cool to hear. Um, and as I get older... And the last few episodes of this podcast have really just been me reconnecting with some of our former strength coaches. And it that idea has kind of spurred from the national conference, the CSCCA national conference. And, you know, that's the last time that I saw you and you and I were able to catch up for a little bit. But I love seeing that, you know, somebody like you, McKenna, you're doing great things in this field and BMAC's doing awesome. And now Mendoza's with BMAC. So, it's cool to see our little tree of uh, strength coaches branching out, but then also they continue to work with each other once they leave the nest that is um, that is Lexington, that is the University of Kentucky. So that's cool for me to see. Yeah, it's um, pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool tree for sure. It's awesome. But let's uh, keep the conversation on you. So we got your title. We got your teams. Now let's talk about your career path as a strength coach. So you, I want you to start with – you know, why you wanted to be a strength coach, then get into your education. We can touch on your time at Kentucky and then eventually that leading into your uh, current position. But let's start with why you wanted to be a strength coach. I mean, first and foremost, I mean, the the age old answer is, you know, you were an athlete, you loved athletics and you just wanted to stay in it um, somehow, way, shape or form. So that was the first thing Um, I, I enjoy. 
you know, I've always enjoyed the weight room. I've always enjoyed, you know, really the, the work before the actual sport. Um, off season became one of my favorite times of the year coming through being an athlete in high school um, and in prep school. So for me, that was really something why, you know, I really wanted to be, you know, I, when I enjoyed the process of getting better more than the sport, for me, that was kind of a sign too, where uh, I think it was time to kind of switch over. Um, yeah. If you want to, if you want to kind of go into the career path too, uh, for me, you know, I went, I'm originally from Portland, Maine, a Northeast guy. So started at a small division three school called St. Joseph's college. My original intention going there was to play baseball. Um, quickly realized that, you know, even at the division three level, these guys were pretty good. And for me, you know, I, I love training. I love preparing for baseball and baseball for me, you know, I think every, every person kind of the sport runs its course with that person. And for me, I just, you know, think I would have been better. I think I think I was better off uh, kind of just moving on into just strength and conditioning and preparing myself for that. Um, college was an interesting time in terms of, you know, how I navigated getting to be a strength coach. Uh, I did a lot of different things growing up, or a lot of different things coming through college. I was a junior varsity baseball coach at a local high school. Uh, I did, um, excuse me one second. I had to leave that. Sorry about that. No, you're all good. Um, so, yeah. So, for me, uh, let me start from the beginning. No, you were saying you were a JV baseball coach? I didn't realize that. Yeah, so in high school, uh, I mean, in college, I was a junior varsity baseball coach. Um, I, I got into the bodybuilding world a little bit. I knew bit. that. I knew that. Yeah, I did the uh, I did the whole the show, the diet down, the prep for <laughs> it. So I laugh when I say that because I like to think I looked like a, a swimmer with a spray tan. I was skinny, I was lean, <laughs> and I looked like way, way darker than I am now. I will say that and I the body bodybuilding community and world is not something I ever wanted to get into, but I fell into weightlifting. But I think the main thing was, is you were able to experience a sport that had somewhat some way, shape or form was dealing with strength and conditioning. And you probably learned a lot just going through that whole process, whether it's the actual workouts or the, the diet restrictions you have to have to get your body to where, what it needs to look like for a show. Yeah, hundred percent. It was, uh, it was interesting. I definitely understood the power of what you put into your body and what you can expect the outputs to be. Um, you know, as you get closer and closer to the show, uh, carbohydrates start to go away. And as we all know, that's your fuel. Um, you know, my training sessions were awful. Um, but you know, it's at the end of the day, you kind of just got to push through it and make the most of it. Just again, given the parameters of what you're training for. Um, so I always like to use that as a point of reference, obviously, um, not prescribing anything, but just kind of like sharing my personal experiences with food. Yeah. Um, I thought, I thought that was, I think that's really helpful and, and kind of now, and now my current role kind of gives me a lot of credibility where, you know, kids see my social media and like old pictures of me bodybuilding and they're like, coach, that was you. Like, look <laughs> at you on stage posing, blah, blah, blah. So again, it's funny, but also like, couldn't be more thankful for that experience and just trying something different. Yeah. So um, what was your, what was so your undergrad degree in? It was in exercise science. Okay. So again, the, that track was for sports, sports performance. Um, kind of earlier in college, you know, it's all your, your gen eds and your required courses. So again, still didn't get into like the meat of the, the track of the program. So still was kind of figuring it out. As I started going through college, um, 
started picking up more like personal training, which eventually turned into uh, an internship at a local prep school, which I also went to called Bridgeton Academy. I was able to reconnect with them um, and I was able to do a, a year long internship. Uh, I say internship. Um, it was a new position. So really, I was working with seven teams by myself. Um, I, I would make the 45 minute drive from campus up to the prep school once my day was over. And you want to talk about figuring out the flow of the room and, and you know, really getting the most juice out of your squeeze. Um, when you get a football guy, you get a football team in a, in a room that has two racks, two fixed benches and two deadlift platforms. You, you kind of got to get a little creative and use some outdoor space or the basketball court if it's available. So again, doing, doing more with less, I think that really threw me into the fire. And again, I look back like any, like any strength coach, you look back at your programs and it's like, what the heck was I doing? Half of these guys were on like bodybuilding accessory work and bodybuilding strength, like uh, rep schemes. So it was, uh, it was, you look back and it's almost like a, a, a face palm. So it was, uh, it was funny to look back, but yeah, in terms of, you know, the flow of the room and all that, I thought that was really, uh, really a great experience for me early on. And I appreciate, you know, my mentors up at Bridgeton who gave me that opportunity. Um, once I graduated, uh, shortly after about four days after I got my Honda Civic, packed it up to the, to the brim. And I drove down to North Carolina for, uh, an internship position at Duke. Uh, there I was again, the only intern, uh, which was really an amazing experience. I got to work with every Olympic sport there, um, was on the floor pretty much from 6A to 6P. You know, I was you know, working with a wide variety of athletes and really opened my eyes to a lot. Um, and, I, and that kind of got my feet wet at that, that high major, um, collegiate internship experience, which was awesome. And then led, and then led to Kentucky, um, it was really interesting. I went, I went home. I was planning on getting a paid, uh, going back to Bridgeton in a paid role after my internship at Duke. And I got an email from my old boss at Duke and said, hey, this guy, John Spurlock, is looking for a coaching assistant for the year. It's women's basketball and volleyball. Are you interested? And I said, yes, immediately. Um, you know, and then the rest is history from there in terms of getting to Kentucky. We got on the phone, had a Zoom interview, and it was a fairly quick turnaround before it was time to get to Lexington. Yep. Uh, and obviously we can kind of talk a little bit more about my time at UK, maybe in the next segment, but again, super grateful for my time there. As you and I both know, we had some days where, you know, we had some, some good heart to heart conversations and maybe, you know, making some rookie mistakes and, and, you know, things I still think about to this day where, you know, if we didn't have those conversations and if we didn't have those moments where, you know, I really needed to step up and get my act together, I definitely wouldn't be where I am now. So again, again, I know we'll touch on that later, but I just wanted to say again, super, super appreciative for those experiences with you. Awesome. Um, and as abruptly as my time started in the UK, uh, <laughs> <laughs> was as abruptly as it ended, uh, right around March when COVID hit and we shut down is when we all went home. Yep. Uh, I spent, a, I spent a few months up in Maine, just trying to, you know, stay busy outdoor workouts. I did uber eats and doordash and i was trying to do the non-contact delivery trying to make some money trying to stay busy uh and then that led me to the university of texas at arlington um, where i was a ga uh, under coach kathy wagner um, again another amazing mentor uh someone that really you know from day one trusted me again allowed me to make the mistakes on the floor in terms of flow of the room or in terms of um you know programming errors nothing that was going to put the athlete in harm's way 
but uh, again, again, thankful for her to kind of let me, you know, have that sink or swim and gave me trust from the beginning. So, and she's someone I still talk to regularly. And uh, again, super appreciative for that. Did you have, um, and, that, and I, can't, I can't remember, did you have the UTA GA spot locked in before COVID hit or did that happen afterwards? It was, it was probably a month before COVID hit. Oh, so right. I had that locked in, thankfully. Um, again, there was a couple points in time. Again, I didn't know this in the moment where my GA was kind of up in the air, uh, just depending on where COVID was oh, um, yeah. financially. I didn't think with about UTA. that. So again, Coach Wags being who Coach Wags is, like goes to bat for her, for her guys, for her GAs. Um, and, you know, supported me and was able to get me to, to Arlington in about late July of awesome. 2020. So I was there for a year and a half, um, was able to, uh, luckily get this full-time role here at Georgia Southern. Um, thankfully the program at UTA, uh, that second semester is all online, um, regardless if it was COVID or not. Yep. So that allows me to finish my degree while obtaining a full-time position. So again, kind of just worked out good stroke of luck. I was able to get here. Um, and it's been great. Um, like I said, bas women's basketball, women's tennis are like my big priority teams. Um, the kids are the kids are great. It's really just a learning experience day by day, right? Learning these athletes, learning the sport coaches, the strength staff. We're a relatively young staff, um, so again, we're just you know bouncing ideas off each other, trying to make each other better. Um, it's been a great experience. So, yeah. and I've been here I've been here for about a year and a half now, and uh, and and definitely still enjoying it just as much as as day one. Awesome. Let's talk about your time at UK. So it was unique because typically we hire our coaching assistants from our summer intern group. And that summer we had a group picked out um, and then one person fell out, which means we moved originally Emily Guyman, who is at the University of Arkansas right now. She was going to be my right hand woman for volleyball and women's basketball. I had this plan set out. And then we had one of the strength coaches back out. So I moved Guyman to another role, which left an open role, um, open position, which is the one that you filled. Um, I do remember your Zoom interview to this day. I remember thinking we, this guy is going to be good, but we got to get him on campus. And you know how our program rolls where it's 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 all systematic. It is. I'm trying to think through what are our best practices that we can all adhere to to make sure that our strength and conditioning program is running as efficient um, as possible. So we did have some hiccups in the in the first few weeks that you were here. Um, but McKenna, I just remember you doing a great job. And there were several times where I gave Chastity Patterson to you. She was a transfer from Texas. That wasn't eligible to play until I think once the spring semester started, something like that. She couldn't play the first half of the season. So I'm like, hey, Patterson is going to be your your project. When we have game days in November, December, you take her, make sure she gets a good workout in. Um, and I remember maybe I'm walking back and forth between, you know, volleyball practice and a basketball warm up or something like that. And I stop in the weight room when you're with Chastity and. I'm just like, man, he's doing a great job with her. And I guess my question to you is, you know, when did you decide that um, bas basketball is something that you wanted to be a part of? It's, you played baseball in high school, but when did basketball become your one of your main interests in strength and conditioning? Uh, probably an undergrad. Yep. Um, so where I, where I went to school, we lived uh, 
it was about eight people we called it the pod so there was a big a big common area and there was you know four bedrooms in there i think six of the eight guys were basketball players and so this was during when i was going through my bodybuilding stuff and obviously they see me like we all live together so like they see me getting a little skinnier and leaner and i'm always in the gym you know like hey mckenna like can we train with you like can i live with you again no one really knowing i don't know what I'm doing with a basketball player at this time. Yep. And they just see me like, you know, wearing the tank tops, looking lean, whatever. So that's kind of how it started. I started training a few of them. And then again, very small school in Maine. So word of mouth spreads pretty quick. By the, by the next fall, this was in the spring when they all started asking me to train. By the next fall, I was training pretty much the entire team. And the head coach, um, you know, said, hey, I really like what you're doing. You know, the guys are bought in. You got guys who are training who – have, I never even thought about training, uh, never even thought about lifting a weight before. And you got them in here and you're doing a really good job. So I appreciate what you're doing. I was able to actually get some credit for it uh, formally. So that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of how it started was with undergrad. And then uh, when I was at Duke, I didn't, I wasn't with basketball at all, but I knew maybe that was something I'd like to get back into. And then when this job, when the opportunity to come back to UK uh, with women's basketball, I was all about it. Yeah. And another thing you did a really good job of is um, developing relationships when you were here. So um, if I had to be somewhere with volleyball, you were with women's basketball. If I had to be somewhere with women's basketball, you were with volleyball. And uh, Kyra Elsie, who's now our head coach at UK, uh, I don't know how it played out, but when she was the um, assistant coach here, you ended up forming a relationship with her. You did some personal training with her. She loved it. And I know she's one of those people that you can put on your reference list uh, when you are applying for jobs and she would pick up the phone and go to bat for you any day. So um, I think that is key to your success as well. And a big part of your experience here is just learning that that net, networking piece. For sure. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so let's talk. I didn't want to. No, you go. What sorry. You said? Okay. Uh, I just kind of wanted to add to that. And again, I know we're kind of digressing about time at UK. Um, I guess maybe just like off the cuff here, uh, you know, that relationship I built with Coach Elsie. Um, again, it was at practice one day and she was like, oh, I need to work out. Um, I just happened to be there, you know, man in my station behind the Echo Bikes. <laughs> and uh <laughs> and I was like hey coach like if you want to come work out like I'll I'll train with you or I'll train you and she was all about it that I you know had stepped up um to keep a long story short we had kept in touch through COVID and my time at UTA uh when it came time to apply for this job here I felt comfortable enough to ask her if she knew anyone at Georgia Southern and she had just happened to know the head coach here that I work for now and uh you know I'd gone through the interview process I'd met with you know, obviously the strength staff and the sport coaches that I was working for. Um, but Coach Jelsey called on my behalf. And I'd like to think that that played definitely a, a, a big role in me landing this job at a grad school. So if there's anything I can take from that experience is you never know who you're going to meet and you never know, you know, just staying in touch, a simple like check-in text or a happy birthday or even just a hope all as well. It doesn't need to be a, a super frequent, borderline, annoying uh, routine, but just to check in with people, um, I like to think has helped me to get get to where I am. Uh, um, but I think that's that's super super important um, as you're going through your career. Yeah, and I think that's something that young strength coaches really don't understand. Where it's it's 
if a sport coach, whether it's an assistant coach, head coach, director of ops, who, who, who cares if somebody in that sport can pick up the phone and call a coach at another school, that just gives you so much more credibility as a candidate. And that goes beyond um, anything I feel like a fellow strength coach could say to another a fellow strength coach. Um, it's when those sport sure. coaches get behind you that I think that's a huge game changer. Um, continuing on, what I still want to bring things back to your time at UK, but I also want to, you know, hear what you're doing with your athletes at Georgia Southern. Um, so talking about like your whether it's your training philosophy, um, but how has your how did your time at UK shape your uh, thoughts, your, your, your programming for your athletes at Georgia Southern now? Yeah, I would say, you know, the big rocks are the big rocks, no matter where you go. And I think when I got to, when I got to Kentucky and if anyone knows anything about this, about your strength and conditioning program, it's, you know, mass, like getting really, really good at the Olympic lifts is something that is very important to that pre your program and me coming in, have never cleaned, had never snatched before. That was that was a big that was a what, big what about adjustment. jerk? Did you ever do jerk before? We're gonna leave jerk alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, need, no weightlifting movement. Uh I was gonna I get at prior. the story, the story where you were you got on campus like for two weeks <laughs> and I had to go with volleyball to Texas. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm in Texas, and then I get a call from Jim Madalino, our director of sports medicine. He's like, Hey, you have an intern, he he's needs stitches, just so you know, we're taking care of him. <laughs> like, who who needs stitches? What happened? And I forget who I ended up talking to, but maybe it was D. He goes, Oh, yeah, McK- McKenna was doing uh jerks, jacked himself in the chin, and now he's getting <laughs> stitches. And then you were oh, given yeah. the nickname McKenna. Sure did. I sure did. And I'll remember that for the rest of my life. I walked in. I I appreciate Jim for helping me out because he had no, he had he had every reason to just keep walking past me. Um, but that was really good. Um, good experience there. Yeah, I had a big bandage, big bandage on my face first Friday there. Again, you want to talk about taking your lumps early. You walk around with a big face wrap around your head, and then you got to walk in the you got to walk in the football and get it stitched up. So. That was my welcome to UK moment, but uh, kind of going back to kind of my programming now, again, learning the big rocks, I think technique wise was, was really, really important for me to understand at Kentucky. And that was a big takeaway for me was just exercise technique, developing my coaching eye. So I think, you know, like anywhere, I think the big rocks stay the big rocks, like your primary lower body exercises, you know, your deadlifts and your squats, your hinging, yeah. uh, upper body stays relatively the same vertical and horizontal pushing and pulling. Um, something that I've kind of thought about more with basketball is kind of thinking, zooming out a little bit and thinking about maybe the bigger picture here. So I think about our sport, obviously the needs analysis of basketball. Then I think a little bit more specifically about how does our coach like to play? How does our, how does our team like to be run? And our coach here, coach Howard, she job and she makes it very well known that we are a up and down run and gun defensive minded team. Uh, we play fast. She's not, she's not afraid to use, you know, a lot. She's not afraid to go deep into her bench. Um, she does a really good job of making that known and she does a really good job of, you know, preparing them for that. But again, on my end to make sure that they are prepared for those demands of practice, um, 
that's kind of made me think a little bit more, I don't want to say specific, but more relative to the situation that we have here. So I'd say that's the first thing. Um, and again, something that you taught me and I, I learned heavily at Kentucky was uh, start from the end, start with the end in mind. Um, with your in-season programming, particularly, what are your big rocks? What do you emphasize? What do you want your big rocks to be in season, especially come conference time and work back from there? I think about it like a funnel, right? The bottom of the funnel is probably, you know, your in-season big lifts. And as that funnel gets wider, maybe gives you a little bit room, a little bit more room for variation um, leading up to that point, as long as it makes sense. Uh, so that's something that I like to think about um, right now in the summer. I know it's a, it's a pretty important time. We get five weeks. Um, a lot of programs get eight. We get five. So we are about to go into our last week next week. Um, biggest thing for me, I, I train in three groups. I train a freshman group, which is a kind of like an intro. Welcome to college strength and conditioning program. Ironically, unfortunately, ironically, they're both coming off uh, ACL injuries in high school. Mm. So, I mean, I guess if there was a, a, a pair to have ACL injuries, it's those two. So they can go through the foundational program together, go through rehab together. Um, so that's one group. And then I kind of break up posts and wings in one, some wings and mostly guards in my other group. Uh, when I think about training and when I think about maybe, like I said, the big rocks, stay the big rocks. Another analogy I like that I've heard is, uh, you know, think about it like a steakhouse, right? Everyone goes to the steakhouse for the steak, right? The steak is your big rocks. The sides are maybe a little bit different depending on the, depending on the athlete. Yeah. I got six, three, six, five posts that might do well or do better with certain exercises that my five, nine, five, 10 wings and guards might be able to do a little bit better. So again, I, I, I don't try to make it too, too crazy or specific. This is about as specific, I'm using air quotes, uh, as it gets in terms of training um, differences. Um, but again, the biggest thing right now is to, you know, my goal for them is to, for our newcomers, because again, basketball with the transfer portal, um, you, you're guaranteed to at least get at least one or two new faces every year, some programs more. So again, just introducing them to our big staple rocks, our big staples of our program, our big rocks, um, and yeah, so I think that's kind of where, that's kind of where it starts and gives me an opportunity too with smaller groups to maybe build those relationships a little bit more where if I have 15 student athletes in the room, it might be a little bit harder for me to form relationships, especially with our newcomers. Um, so I, that's kind of what my thought is also with groups. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, I hope that answers your question. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I might be naive with this, but why do you only get five weeks? Uh, coaches, coaches preference. Gotcha. Too. Um, that plays, that plays a role into it. Um, okay. we have two, yeah, two sessions a summer. So the first session is voluntary and then the second one's mandatory. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what are some of your goals for your women's basketball team for this summer? Really just, you know, filling the, filling the buckets or, or really just mastering that, that ground zero foundational program for my freshmen, um, obviously passing, their their strength test so we can progress into maybe some running and jumping and, and change of direction i think for those for those two that's obviously a huge goal for the rest of the group i think honestly just training consistently and a lot of these kids that are around here um on this roster are local and when i say local i'd say that's i say the majority of them the farthest they get away is like atlanta area which gotcha. atlanta from here is about three hours okay 
long and short, a lot of these kids stay here when it's not mandatory. So again, I feel like if I can sell our program and if I can invest in them and show investment, we can make those voluntary periods higher attendance rates, which we do in the first session of summer, which I'm really happy with. We're about, I'd say a little over 50% of our kids are here and they train, um, which I'll take, right? Um, but the biggest thing is again, mastering our big rocks, our technique is on point. We're, we're properly progressing. And again, just continuing to build relationships because right now they don't have much on their plate aside from maybe one summer class and then practice and weights where you throw a full class load on exams, so on and so forth. Travel once the season starts our 20 hour period, you know, things, you know, things are, you know, a little bit more moving pieces once we start getting into the school year as Obviously, you know, working with women's basketball in the past. Um, so now is a good chance for me to kind of build those relationships, make those relationships stronger. And, uh, you know, hopefully those pay off come, you know, the dog days of January, February, March. Yeah. Awesome. So obviously getting your athletes physically stronger over the summer is key. Um, you know, a big thing of what we do over the summer at Kentucky is educating our student athletes in some way, shape or form. Um, big thing this week that I'm hitting on is sleep education, making sure that we're prioritizing our sleep, planning our sleep, making sure that when we go to bed each night, our bedroom is cool. It's dark. It's quiet. Things like that. Um, what are some things that you're talking with your athletes about over the summer, whether it has to do with you know sleep education or nutrition? But what are some of those educational components? Yeah, for sure. I um we just, well, I say just, this will be her first full year. Uh, we have a performance dietitian on the Olympic side. Awesome. Um, and so our facility right now, really the only teams that are in here are men's and women's basketball, volleyball, and women's soccer. So there's not a ton in baseball. Um, so there's not a ton of traffic when basketball is in here. So I have been in contact regularly with our dietitian. Her name's Becca. She has met with them, I'd say, once a week. And it's very similar, Spurlock, to when uh, Miss Monica had spoken to women's basketball. Um, I thought what she did was very uh, maybe creative in terms of gamifying it or making yep. it a little bit more engaging. Yep. Um, so we try to go either post-lift or post-practice once a week education on uh, some weeks it's hydration. This week was um, pre, uh, pre-workout fueling. So, again, a lot of these kids, they don't eat great. They don't eat often enough. So anything we can do to educate and put information in front of them, I think is super valuable. Um, obviously, I let our, our registered dietitian handle um, that sector in terms of sleep. Um, again, just con- like really just not constantly, but enough for it to be noticeable. Asking about sleep, asking, hey, how are you doing today? How are we feeling? If someone's maybe a little bit more banged up or sore than I'm than I was maybe anticipating. Maybe we talk about sleep. If we're feeling fatigued, maybe we talk about sleep. Um, so again, just having those conversations and at least putting it in the back of their mind, right? We can control the three to four hours a week, a, a day that they're in here, but then they have 20 hours to do the complete opposite in, you know, more or less like two steps forward, two steps back yeah. of what we're doing. So again, as much as education as we can put in front of them, try to make it engaging. I think has been helpful for a lot of, for a lot of our student athletes. Awesome. That's great. Let's talk about you specifically. So getting off of your programming and you know what you're doing with your athletes, but you as a strength coach, you as a professional, what are some of your goals that you got lined up for yourself? Maybe it's short-term, long-term, maybe something to do with your professional development, but what are you thinking about right now? 
Uh, so we just had two new GAs join us uh, a couple weeks ago. So I'm in this weird position now where I am responsible or partially responsible for helping mentor these, these GAs, which again, we talk about my path. I have been the mentee up until this point. So now I'm in a position where they're asking me questions and they're, you know, coming to me for advice and looking at my looking, Hey coach, can you look at this program or annual plan or whatever project we're working on? So now I've come to this point where the roles have kind of been reversed for me and it's, I really do enjoy it. I enjoy, I've enjoyed it so far, like helping these young strength coaches. And I say young, like I've been in the game, <laughs> but these, these two, these two graduate assistants, um, I've been, I've been really enjoying helping them. So I think for me, again, just the simple things, it's funny because we, uh, you know, we've just simple, simple things that are kind of offhand now, um, you know, how many feet are in a yard, right? We're measuring out sprints or we're measuring out our running and they kind of look at me sideways and I'm like, okay, we got it. It's three. <laughs> All right. We're measuring it out. It's like these things that these it's things that kids maybe don't get early Yep. Um, or just haven't had the experience of getting that, you know, I kind of think and I chuckle like you and me on the Vertec, right? You just hit the pegs on the Vertec and it took me way longer than it should have to give you an answer, right? <laughs> it's it's the small things that make that make the day-to-day -day that are offhand for us. Um, just just kind of like those, those funny reflective moments for yeah. sure. So I think a short-term goal, long and short to be, uh, to be a great mentor for these, for these GAs. Um, Cause I know how it is, especially they're both out of state GAs getting comfortable with the Southeast, getting comfortable um, with this, with this area. Um, just trying to be there for them. I think is a good short-term goal for me right now. Um, long-term again, continuing my own education. Um, anytime there's maybe a course or a reading that I think might be applicable to what I'm doing on the day to day, I think is super important. Um, I've gone through a couple courses, um, just to kind of name a couple, uh, I did the applied performance coach, um, which was a 16 week course, uh, by Dr. Ramsey Nijam, who is at Kansas working with men's basketball. And again, that's pretty much all virtual, pretty much self-paced with one live lecture a week. And it kind of just covers different, uh, different qualities or different emphasis of strength conditioning. So whether strength, power, uh, return to play, change of direction. Um, so that was really, really helpful. Um, I've also done uh, a couple others, one other being uh, uh, microdosing in season, um, again, by an NBA strength coach, uh, Corey Schlesinger. Um, so, and that really talks about, you know, maybe what the theme should be and, you know, maybe what, uh, what scope you should be looking through in different parts of your in-season programming, specifically for basketball. So those are just a couple um, trying to keep, keep, the, keep the tools sharp and, and keep moving forward. I guess professionally from a career standpoint, I really enjoy being in basketball. Yeah. Um, I really, I mean, again, men's, women's, I'm really open to either. Um, I really, really enjoy being with the women, but continuing to, um, again, maybe network or keep up with coaches. Like we talked about with Coach Elsie example. Um, I, would, I would love to eventually down the road um, find myself maybe at a higher major program. I think that would be a cool experience um, to be totally transparent. Uh, but for me, again, just keeping up with old mentors, keeping up, build, reaching out to coaches, um, having quality questions when you cold DM or email a coach, I think is important. I think a lot of people, including myself, I've been on, I've made this mistake of just, hey, coach, would love to connect. 
Um, and more often than not, strength coaches, I would say, are willing to help or at least have a conversation uh, more often than not. And I've been on the phone with a couple people, a couple professional professionals and, uh, you know, just didn't have great questions. This was probably earlier on in my time of doing this and uh, didn't have great questions. The conversation was, you know, very bleak and didn't really have good flow to it. Um, and I, you know, it's kind of it's kind of a little embarrassing because you kind of feel like you, they took time out of their day and you weren't prepared. So so I think, again, having quality questions for those coaches, I think, is 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 important. It's funny that you bring that up because I literally had an email. Um, I was sitting at my desk in Nutter and it popped up and it was a young strength coach re- reaching out to me and kind of going back to your thought where you want to be a great mentor for people. I want to make sure that if somebody reaches out to me and it is a sincere um, email, text, whatever, that I want to make sure that I at least respond. And they might just be sending me their resume like, hey, Coach Brock, do you have any GA positions available? And I can reply yes or no. And I just want to make sure I respond in a timely manner. But this person reached out and was like, hey, I would love to pick your brain on this topic. Can we set up a time? So me trying to be the best version of myself and making sure that I respond. I did, we set something up and then they canceled on me and they're like, can we reschedule? And the advice I gave to my staff is like, no, I'm sorry. Like I, 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 I'm going to respond. Um, I'm what I'm going to respond and say, Hey, just feel free to give me a call whenever you have my cell. If I pick up, I pick up. If I don't, I don't, but if you're reaching out to a strength coach, we're all busy. We, like you said, I, I would say a majority of us want to help the younger generation coming through, but you got to be respectful of people's time and, you know, set something up, hold to it. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's key along with what yeah, you said about sure. having great questions too, that you got to be prepared. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely a, uh, it's, it's one of those times. It's funny you mentioned that example. I've been in that same position too, where, you know, you reach out and they're like, yes, absolutely. And then some comes up and, and, you know, saying you have to reschedule. And it's like, I got, I got, I've gotten the same response in the past too, where it's like, yeah, here's my, you got my number. If you, if you get me great, if not, sorry. So I think, yeah, being prepared, making time, having your own question, having good questions prepared, I think is good for networking for sure. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. It's something I hadn't thought of until I just jotted it down right now. How was your transition from uh, Kentucky, where you were a coaching assistant, to a GA to a full time? What were some? What What was the overall? Um, did you have any major hiccups? Did you feel like you were as prepared as you could be for a GA spot and then a full time spot? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think it started at Kentucky and I think it started with, you know, you, you come in and, and again, my track's a little different than maybe your traditional intern slash coaching assistant. Um, where I came in and it was like, Hey, here's fast tracked exercise technique, progressions, coach, teach, blah, blah, like everything. Yeah. Um, so you kind of get into that and it's like, I don't want to say hold your hand, but it was definitely like a slow cook to start. And, and obviously, you know, having your rookie moments and learning and keep going and going and going as the year moves on, if you're doing a good job, a good mentor is going to give you a little bit more responsibility as you go, which again, like Spurlock, you let me travel with women's basketball a couple times. 
Like that was huge. That meant a ton to me. Mm-hmm. So being able to do that right before, again, right before COVID hit, I thought it was really eye-opening. Like, wow, I went from where I started making these silly rookie mistakes to be this guy trust me to travel with the team and take care and make sure the job is done right um, on the road. So that meant a lot to me. Same thing with Coach Wagner. Um, again, the, uh, the the lineage of Kentucky coaching assistants to UTA GAs. I think uh, I was in a good spot. I think the number sheets and the programming templates were were very similar. So that kind of was an easier transition maybe than if I went elsewhere. Yep. And again, Coach Wagner, um, same thing, right? So it was myself, uh, Tommy McMahon, who was another uh, former UK assistant or coaching assistant, and myself. And I remember, I remember the very first day we were talking about our, our ground zero welcome back from COVID training plan that we were going to put together for the majority, if not all, of our student athletes. And it was pretty much a dialogue between Coach Wags and Tommy and I had given a few suggestions and I kind of got the look from coach Wags, like, Hey, you just got here. <laughs> like, let, like, let me, like, let me show you how this is done. And then we can kind of go from there. Yeah. So in as many words, obviously she was just like, yeah, I like that idea, but we're going to go with this. So, um, and again, it's just moments like that where, you know, you start slow and, you know, you just come in and work your butt off and don't expect anything and kind of builds throughout your tenure at a place. And then same thing here. Um, like I said, I, a lot of these kids, it's funny because, uh, when I got here and I took over women's basketball, um, I was told on the phone that a lot of these kids, I'm their fifth or sixth strength coach. And some of these kids that they're talking about aren't seniors. So it's been somewhat of a revolving door of strength coach here for this program. So I've been here a year and a half and I'm like, I'm like the seasoned vet over there for, for, in terms of strength coaches for that program in particular. So um, yeah. So again, just starting small building up and again, just like a little bit out of time, like continuing to, you know, progress, continuing to, you know, build relationships, I think was huge. And I got a lot of that from my past experiences at Duke, UK and UTA. I think that what you just said makes a hell of a lot of sense now where you said, Hey, you get your freshman, you have your freshman group come in, you have a post group, you have a guard group and they work out with you. Knowing that you are the fifth strength coach for some of your student athletes, absolutely you need to do that to build those relationships. That makes complete – it made sense to begin with, but it makes complete sense now. So that's great foresight on your end to to put them into those three groups, develop those relationships because, man – that's got to be tough yeah. for those kids. How is athletic training the same way or have they had the same athletic trainer for? A- uh, no, they'd had the same athletic trainer for, I think they had her for three, two or three seasons. Okay. Um, they had the right before our season started this past year, we had a new athletic trainer, just um, some, some tra- athletic trainers with, with football got kind of rearranged and the basketball trainer got reassigned. So we just had to hire a new AT uh, gotcha. for women's basketball this past year. So a little bit more stability on that end compared to strength coaches. Um, but still at this level, I think there's, there's kind of that, that, uh, that inferred um, turnover. Yeah. Well, well, that's crazy. McKenna, you got any, anything else you want to talk about? Um. Kind of, I wrote a few things down here, just some thoughts. Yeah. Um, and again, this kind of started with the podcast, and it's kind of started with you know, uh, you know, Strobus who does a great job with the social media presence, and 
it's kind of influenced me a lot in kind of what I do um, with my personal social media, as well as, um, you know, I've, I've been given the keys to uh, the Georgia Southern Iron Iron Eagles account as well. So uh, shame, non-shameful plug at GS Iron Eagles. Um, go give them a follow. Uh, but yeah, no, I think the power of social media, I think, you know, when we talk about people reaching out, we talk about engagement with other coaches. Um, it can be as simple as just posting a few lifts from the day or the week on your Instagram story, tag the kids, like the student athletes, like they get a kick out of it. They love it. It's like, they share it. They have a little comment. Like the coaches really like seeing what we're doing in here. Cause sometimes they can't be in here and you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been really helpful for me. Um, sometimes it's, you know, I got to you know check myself and it's like, Hey, put the phone down, like coach your face off. Um, but there are definitely moments with some exercises where, Hey, like this is a returner. I trust her that she's going to execute this lift properly. Like let's get a video of this because she's been doing a really good job. Yep. And again, it's, and again, knowing myself and knowing, uh, you know, how little I've been in the field, especially full-time, I am by no means trying to educate a coach or tell a coach that this is the way to do it. I am simply just highlighting my athletes and the hard work they put in. And again, it's just for them to see, I got, I got some of my student athletes on the women's basketball team, their parents follow me because they want to see their kids and they love that, you know, their kids get excited to see them on social media. And, you know, it, it, you want to talk about engagement. Um, You know, you get their friends that see the reposts of my video and it's like, Oh, you're killing it. Oh, you're getting strong. Like, look at you. This is, like, this is tough. <laughs> so this is, this is really, really cool. So for me, um, you know, it's, it just fueled the fire. I think the, the obviously the one-on-one, the personal conversations, you know, building them, building that with them. But again, just the social media posts too, like they love it. They love it. So again, at the end of the day, it's, it's not an all the time thing that I'm posting, but I try to be somewhat frequent. And, you know, if someone's been really doing a good job, uh, maybe, maybe give them a shout out, give them a highlight. I love it. And I do the same thing because you follow me on Instagram where I love taking videos of volleyball, putting some background music to it and just highlighting them. I think it highlights the program Um, going to your parent comment, like parents will follow me. And I think they really just want to make sure that there's their kids, their children are being taken care of and knowing that their performance team at their university it has their safety in mind, wants them to do great things, is helping them become physically strong, mentally tough, whatever it might be in a safe way. I think that just gives the parents some reassurance as well. But I I, I love when I was talking with our summer interns uh, literally a few hours ago about yeah, – we, we were talking about the um, – the seven habits book. And we're talking about putting mm-hmm. first things first and the quadrants and quadrant two activities. And, you know, sometimes people view social media as such a negative thing and you can't say it positive about it. But a lot of the times I'm following other strength coaches on Instagram. And when I'm scrolling through, I want to see what everybody else is doing. I want to see what other programs are doing. I want to see maybe an exercise variation that I haven't seen before. I want to see the atmosphere of other weight rooms and you're using it as an educational tool, which is definitely a positive. So there are negative aspects to it, but you can put a positive spin on something like Instagram or other social media platforms um, that are actually helping you promote your strength and conditioning program. Or like I said, you're using it to learn from others. 
Yeah, no, hundred percent. And uh, again, I think the engagement piece is something that can't be understated too, where, you know, they, they post it and they see their friends, they, they see their friends commenting like, Holy smokes. I see the progress. We go to away games. Uh, we'll go up the road to Georgia state and we'll play them. And like, you know, parents are all there because proximity wise, it's close for them to drive. And, you know, I've gotten handshakes, I've gotten hugs, like, thank you for taking care of my daughter. Like awesome. that, that means everything. Yeah. That's awesome. So, but yeah, no, it's been, it's been great. It's been really, really good. Um, but again, I think, think about your roots and think about where, you know, you really, really started and really, you know, had a lot of lessons learned. And I think Kentucky and, you know, those first few, first couple months, you know, working with you, I think definitely had my share of those, but it, it couldn't have, couldn't have, couldn't have made out for, you know, a better learning lessons and things to lean on. Yep. They made you who you are today and you're doing a great job, McKenna. We're very proud of you here. Uh, I appreciate it. Appreciate you coming on and taking some time to talk with us. I knew you'd be a great guest and I think we had a really good conversation. Everybody else that is out there listening, if you have any feedback for us, don't hesitate to email us at ukstrength at uky.edu. Thanks and go Cats.